Parents around the world feared their children would fall victim to this latest internet threat. A freakish face, long black hair, and unblinking wide eyes. News stations across the world warned of it, but were they blowing an urban legend out of proportion? Or should parents pay closer attention for fear this creature will target their children next? This week's episode is The Momo Challenge. Fills with dread, probably a murderer who wants you dead. It could be a ghost, a demon, or worse. Perhaps you're the victim of a witch's curse. It's hopeless, you're doomed. You'd call a priest if you could. You'd rather just listen to who? Sinisterhood. I'm gonna kill you. I remember when I was a kid, I just had unfettered access to the internet. Like I saw the, there were no the filters or blocks, parental blocks that did not exist. And if it did, it did not work on Netscape, which I was using with my <laughs> dial-up internet connection at home. Yeah, I, I looked at like Rotten.com, where there was some stuff. Some on rotten there. stuff. It was bad stuff. What was the most shocking thing you saw? While I did see a person who fell victim to a helicopter blade interaction, probably the worst thing, which actually I was talking about this today, was a medical photo of a gentleman who had decided that rather than enjoy a baked potato alongside a delicious steak, he just shoved it uncooked in his butthole. (laughs) That's a perfectly good potato. Before he shoved the potato in there, he shoved a jar of Smucker's Jam. (laughs) Well, of course. How else are you going to get the potato up there? <laughs> I mean, you needed some lube. You had to get it. It was closed. The jar of jam was closed. And oh, closed. whoa. Okay. Then there's zero point for that. No. no. Except no. to stretch it out a bit before the potato has to go <laughs> on up there. just no need for And this it. was just for funsies? Apparently. he. Had, but it's not so fun when you had to go to the doctor yes. and have him take and it out. explain. Uh, I just... Fell on it. There was just a jar of jam sitting on the floor. I was just walking by butt naked and tripped and fell and it landed in my butt. The annual list comes out every year that talks about things that get stuck in people's various rectum, nose. The annual list produced by whom? Oh, it's an article that comes out on Christmas Day. Well, Merry Christmas to one and uh, all. You know, the greatest gift of all is reading aloud things that got stuck in people's orifices over the years. Some read the night before Christmas. Others read what got stuck in my ass. Well, it's the things that we got stuck. It's from Deadspin. It's things we got stuck in our rectums last year, and they do it by various orifices. So nose, ear, throat, things like that. Things that kids swallow, like a deflated balloon, a beetle in your ear. Someone placed a toilet paper so they wouldn't have to hear their neighbors. That doesn't work. You got to go to the doctor. No. No. My youngest brother liked to stick things up his nose a lot when he was little. And I remember a roly-poly having to be extracted. A beetle was one of them. Some pebbles. Yeah, things like that. Did you ever watch Pete and Pete where... Yeah. uh, Didn't he get a presidential-shaped vitamin shoved in his nose and he had to rub his foot on the carpet for static electricity and then touch <laughs> for, the door and to shoot it out? Yeah, supposedly that That's science right there. You know... I do not, going back to what you said about Rotten.com and those things, I've made a point pretty much since the internet came to be to not seek things like that out because 
once I see something, I can't unsee it. See, that's how my sister is. She has like a really visual memory. Yes. So if she sees something once, she's like done for. Like yeah. she's it really she affects not. me. And then uh, there are many times where something topical will come out. A new thing will be around. And I'll ask Tommy to look at it first and then just describe it in detail to me what it is because I don't want to see it, oh but gosh. I do want to know what it is. And again, once again, one of the many reasons Tommy is the best is he will describe, he would have described that potato up that man's asshole For in you. great just because he loves me. So That's I didn't like have true, to see it. Yeah. True love that someone will, you know, it's like, it's true love if he defends me. It's true love if he, no, it's true love if he'll look at some nasty shit for you and then be like, honey, you don't want to look no, at that. No, he will. He'll, or he'll, he already, already knows everything. If I was said, do you know about this guy sticking, he would finish, oh, the guy that stuck the jam and the potato up his asshole? Yeah, <laughs> I've, I saw it as soon as it came. He knows about all of it. So he'll say, you don't want to see that. You don't. You don't want to look that up. I'm the. I'm the. You don't want to see that person for like sister, friends, family, for everyone. I'll look at stuff. Oh, see you and Tommy. You'd have a great time on the internet. Take one for the team. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I'm Christy. I'm Heather, and we are talking today about one of these things that a lot of people don't want to see because she real creepy, y'all. You, I. I just want our, all of our listeners to know you're welcome, you guys, because I saw this very briefly on someone's Facebook and it scared the bejesus out of me. <laughs> and I, while I can easily look at a man shoving a potato in his rectum, I do not want to look at this lady's face. That's interesting because she's a sculpture, but the man's real. <laughs> I don't know. There's some disconnect there, but There's it makes something. sense. It makes sense. I, I her does face, it make sense? I don't know. I think it's horrifying because it's not a real face. Like it's like a she's creepy. Yeah. Well, like I said, to me, she kind of looks like Shelley Duvall from The Shining, <laughs> right? Or she the thing like a... from Beetlejuice made a baby with the girl from The Ring. Yes, yes. Whenever Alec Baldwin gets his uh, scary yes. face on yes. to spook people. Yes. I think that it looks like a South Park character. <laughs> also that, yes. Yeah. So we're talking about Momo and specifically the Momo Challenge. Is this a real thing? <laughs> Let's find out. In 2016, Japanese artist Kaizuk Iso who works for the special effects company Link Factory, designed a sculpture he called Mother Bird, which came to be known as Momo. The unsettling art was of a woman with long, black stringy hair, grotesque, bulging eyes, a wide, unnatural smile, voluptuous breast, and the legs and feet of a bird. The most unsettling part of this thing is its titties. <laughs> it's because she's got a nice rack. They're so nice. They're perky. That's the only thing nice on your your you start at the top, you're like, oh my God, these eyes, this weird bird smile. Damn, that's a nice rack. What the fuck's wrong with her feet? It's just like because you gotta it's it's that like, was like a Momo reaction video. <laughs> It's like in a haunted house when at the end they send you through all the foam so you forget about all the creepy shit you just said. Never been in a haunted house. Really? Never, ever. I went through the walking. That's so surprising. I went through the Walking Dead 
walkthrough exhibit and it's kind of a haunted house at Universal Studios Florida with my friend Adam and he mocked me because I screamed the most at the workers who were just there to make sure you got through safely. (laughs) They're like, God damn it, ma'am. He's like, they're just trying to do their job. Stop yelling at them. I was like, they're (laughs) hiding behind corners. They're sneaking up on me. Because they're trying not to distract from the actual scary stuff. I just kept screaming at all the But you don't like people jumping out at you. So that would make sense why you don't like haunted houses. That's how I groped a girl in the King Kong ride, also at Universal Studios, (laughs) this time in Florida. Are you allowed back there? I don't think so. I was riding by myself because my friends were waiting in line for Harry Potter and I ended up, uh, they they jump out at you in the walkthrough line experience and there was a crowd of girls in front of me and when the guy jumped out, I groped the woman in front of me, which made her scream more and then turn and look at me and had to be like, I'm not part of the ride. (laughs) I just, I've never been to a haunted house and Dallas has a ton of them. Dallas has the ones that if you can make it to the top, you get a refund, which I probably would make it to the top because I'm cheaper than I am scared. There's one. There's one in Fort Worth, The Cutting Edge, which is the best haunted house I've ever been to. What is it like? It's, well, it was really good one year. And then I went a few years later and it wasn't as good. So it might depend on the year you go. It's at the old train station downtown. Already spooky? It is very spooky. It's several stories. It takes about a half hour to get through it. Okay. Get your money's worth. And then at the end, you go through a maze that's completely pitch black (laughs) it's not scary though it's and you have just a glow stick and they're blaring metal music and if you find your way out then you get i think you get money and then you also get your ticket for the haunted house refunded that was the most fun part you can also pay just to go to the The maze the maze part yeah i've never got out and there were all these things of like as soon as you get in you go to the left because you have to go under things and over things and climb over stuff. It was a lot of fun. Physically fit. To yes. Me. My fear would be that it's a haunted house, supposedly, and then it turns out to be real. Or not turns out to be real, but that it's a haunted house and you get in there and a killer uses that to stab people in the darkness. That's my <laughs> That's genuine where fear. where you want to go. <laughs> no, I don't want to do that. I'm saying, oh, That's you're my saying fear. this is why you won't this is go, why I to, don't a go to a haunted house. This is also why I would not want to be around the Momo statue because you think it's a statue, but if you get too close, it hits you with the talons <laughs> or, or its titties. Or those boomers. <laughs> I don't know. Well, Momo was first displayed in Vanilla Gallery a horror art gallery in Tokyo. People began to flock to see the creepy display. And the boobs. (laughs) And soon pictures of the nightmare fuel were being posted to social media. Eventually, the image made its way to the subreddit rcreepy, where it proceeded to get 4,700 points and 900 comments within 48 hours. All right, so it's blown up already. Also, the most timid horror art gallery name there could be, Vanilla Gallery. (laughs) What could be in there? <laughs> Sounds delightful. Yes. Sharon, we're leaving. The- <laughs> this is the worst. Did you see the talents? She's like, I saw something else. I thought it was ice cream. I'm <laughs> sorry. As the Momo image made its way across the internet, it began to morph into something far more sinister. Uh-uh. Rumors began to circulate that a terrifying game called the Momo Challenge was taking place on WhatsApp, an app that allows users to text, call, send pictures, and video chat with other users at no cost. And because it's encrypted, it can also be used anonymously. Uh Uh-oh. In order to play the game, kids were being asked to send a message to an anonymous phone number and wait to receive a message back from Momo. Most people who texted the number received insults, implications that Momo knew their personal information, and extremely disturbing images. The original number began with 8-1, 
the country code for Japan. But two additional numbers have since been associated with Momo, beginning with 51 and 57, the country codes for Mexico and Colombia, two Spanish-speaking countries where this seemed to originate. Did you ever have AIM back when you were a kid? Oh, yeah. We talked about this, I think, when people would be like ASL. Oh, yes. <laughs> AIM, but also just all of the – remember all the chat rooms on AOL? I do, and you could change your username, so it didn't have to be associated with your mm-hmm. name. So it genuinely was anonymous – confession one time I went into a chat room and there was a person in there talking and then that person left and I just signed back in with that person's name and I just like I was an internet troll it turns out but also that's pretty smart I just started insulting the other people and they said you know username what's what's wrong why have you turned on us oh no yeah that was pretty wrong I loved those chat rooms Mm -hmm. and they were so specific yeah you could find well you could find anything Uh really but then also just it would it much like we'll find out these teenage girls it's just a way for everyone to kind of talk about what they're feeling and and it could be anything from depression to what movies have you seen to what boys do you like to send nudes yes always or where it turns. when you're in the chat room and then you get that little pop-up block where someone's just DM'd you? Oh, they yeah, that's right. They could just message mm-hmm, just you. Mm-hmm. And that's when you got the ASL a lot, too. Better watch out. I'd always be like, I'm 37. My name's Sandra. <laughs> Suddenly, those creeps weren't interested. Exactly. And now I am 37. Just right. Kidding. Well, you're still not, but Someday. now people are interested. Hey! The alleged text messages MoMA were sending were also encouraging children to perform dangerous tasks, like stick a knife in a light socket. Light the stove and blow out the flames so it fills their home with gas. Jesus Christ. Put a knife to their throat and even kill themselves. Momo would then tell the terrified child that if they didn't complete these tasks, she would come to their house, curse them, or kill their family. This is very traumatic stuff. Would you have done this if you were a teen? Would you have gotten roped into... I want to see what this is all about. I'm going to text this number and see what happens. Oh, my God. I always jokingly say. I would have made Tommy do it for me. (laughs) (laughs) Babe, we text this number. He's like, I'm sorry. He's like, great. Now I'm cursed, babe. Now I have to to blow out the freaking stove pilot light. Now I got to go jump off the roof. I was a tattletale kid, and this, like, a kid tried to give me a cigarette one time, and I just immediately went and told my mom. Oh, you had a guilty conscience. I had a hugely guilty. I just assumed that they would know. Well, you're probably right, because moms know everything oh she knew everything and i remember being at a slumber party and they said we're all gonna go in the bathroom and we're gonna do bloody mary oh yeah and they were like bloody mary bloody mary and before the third one i was like mom (laughs) was it your house yeah oh yeah (laughs) you're like oh buzzkill freaking nork (laughs) that's why no one ever offered me drugs oh yeah she'll tell her mom it's true she's a tattle i feel like your mom would have come in and said heather say the third one or she's not gonna appear in the mirror you idiot you're looking like a real nerd (laughs) Go back in there and you conjure up that devil woman so you can fit in with your friends. These girls are never going to come back over. (laughs) Well, parents and local officials first became aware of Momo in 2017 after authorities feared a 12-year-old Argentinian girl's suicide was the result of the Momo challenge. Police never confirmed the connection, but the seed of terror had been planted and soon reports of a supposed suicide pact began to emerge in Colombia. Shortly after, El Momo, as she was known, began to circulate around Mexico for several months before eventually making its way to the United States. 
So regardless if it's true, a 12-year-old girl hung, girl. Her, hung herself in her parents' backyard. That's horrifying. The It is. Her cell phone was found near her body, and this WhatsApp game was on there. Oh, it's, so have you ever used WhatsApp? No. Okay, I have. It's just a... It's Yeah, it's not. It's just a texting service. It's exactly like Facebook Messenger, mm-hmm. pretty much. Yeah, and they just found that it was on there and that she had been part of this group that we'll get into, but also that she'd been texting with an 18-year-old that Ooh. was telling her to do a bunch of stuff. So God. what's the more likely suspect here? I mean, yeah, an anonymous bird woman or somebody exactly. that's yeah, pulling the strings. School officials and local police departments warned parents of the potential harm, claiming Momo was being spliced into cartoons like Peppa Pig and videos of the video game Fortnite on YouTube while their unsuspecting and innocent children watched. They also warned it was being spread amongst WhatsApp users, and some reports claimed it had spread to Snapchat. Parents were terrified that their impressionable and vulnerable children were going to be Momo's next victim. So regardless of Momo being spliced in, there is factual evidence of really disturbing imagery Mm -hmm. of adults dressed as Snow White, Spider-Man, Mickey Mouse, things like that, stabbing each other and like having ketchup all over the place that are spliced into these little kid videos, which I really don't know why someone would do that, except for they're just an asshole. But that is a real actual thing. Absolutely. The urban legends, and we'll get into the more, the veracity of the Momo thing, but things like this get extrapolated based on real instances. So real instances of of disturbing images being spliced into children's cartoons on YouTube has actually happened. Yes. So it stands to reason that something like this could happen. If you let your kids just watch hours of YouTube videos on a loop where, because you know, it'll say, Auto if you play. like this, then this, you're, then you might be interested in this and it'll just start playing. Man, YouTube knows what's up because it'll be like, you like this interview with Andy Samberg, you might like this Backstreet Boys video, and you might also like, like this conspiracy theory about how the moon landing was. This wasn't is real. everything I love. Like YouTube knows. Well, but when it comes to your kids, it does that and they'll be watching Peppa Pig and all of a sudden it's Peppa Pig with a knife and she's stabbing her family to death. Yeah, it's horrifying. Well, in early 2019, Momo made its way to the UK, causing panic across the pond. And in late February, Twitter user Wanda Maximoff tweeted an alarming warning that was retweeted more than 22,000 times in just a few days. It read, Warning, please read. This is real. There is a thing called Momo that's instructing kids to kill themselves. Inform everyone you can. Even celebrities began to panic. Kim Kardashian addressed, if anyone's going to solve this Life problem, Kim Kardashian. Hey, her dad saved OJ. She's going to save oh, a bunch of kids. there we go. Well, she addressed her 129 million Instagram followers about the dangers of the challenge and begged YouTube to remove all Momo Challenge videos. While fearful parents and authorities were convincing everyone of this alarming trend, YouTube claimed that they hadn't seen any evidence that the clips actually existed. But if they did, they would remove them immediately. And that was the question. Did the Momo challenge even really exist? Well, it's funny because YouTube will take down videos of... I remember it took down my sister's wedding reception video because it played the Ooh, Black Eyed what Peas. What they doing? They played the Black Eyed Peas. I got a feeling. Oh, well, that should be taken down. 100%. That song makes you jam. And we were on the beach in Mexico. That's the perfect time. That's the only time. The other day on Twitter, you asked, what's a song that if you're in a great mood and you hear it, it's a jam. But if you're in a bad mood and you hear it, you want to throw somebody 
off a bridge, and mine was I Got a Feeling by the Black Eyed Peas. And mine is Accidentally in Love by Counting Crows. Oh, that's a good one, too. Yeah. It's anything overly peppy. Yeah, it's very, that song is very, I was eating pancakes by myself, and that song came on, I was in a good mood, I was like, hell yeah, these pancakes, <laughs> yeah. get it. You're like, but this I thought, is a good song. I mean, if I was sad, I'd just be like, accidentally <laughs> in love, some of us can't even really be in love. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Counting Crows. Right. Oh, I have so many people in love with me, I'm just accidentally in love oh, all whoopsie. the time. But yeah, YouTube has such strong algorithms, I think oh, yeah. that it would be able to hunt this down. It took, what was the dude that went into the suicide forest and... Oh, yeah. I don't remember that guy, but he, the that one that everyone hates shit. now. Yeah, yeah, well, with good reason. <laughs> that They took that down. Well, they got him. All around the globe, there were reports from parents, school principals, and even law enforcement that Momo had messaged their child and threatened them into doing despicable acts. A horrified mother in Florida claimed her three-year-old daughter was targeted by Momo and was told to hurt herself by jumping off the high slide. That sounds like... Learned language that maybe the child has been told, don't jump off the, don't high, jump slide. Off the high slide. The high slide sounds like a vape shop. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like where you go. Well, yeah, don't jump off that, little girl. That's Hell real. No. That's a building. Welcome to high slide. <laughs> Bongs on the left, pipes on the right. Yeah, you got you got, vape juice gotta in the middle. Gotta keep them separated. <laughs> the Daily Star Online reported that a terrified five-year-old girl chopped her hair off after she saw a Momo video while innocently watching Peppa Pig on YouTube. I chopped my bangs off for no reason when oh, I was a kid. Oh, did you do them real short, which is not oh, trendy. It was trendy. It was not trendy back then. No. Yeah, I took the, That's took the a safety look. scissors. And that, took so, that takes so long to grow out, too. Yeah, you look like a dummy in between. We also, <laughs> speaking of jumping off the high slide, when I was a kid, we would attach the hose to the high slide mm-hmm. and have water do shoot down it. a slip and slide. And then we put the slip and slide at the end of an eight-foot metal slide. Hell and yeah. the slip and slide terminated in the wall of my parents house which was made of brick so it was a natural stopping place so crazy i was just thinking about the slip and slide today Mm -hmm. that i had at my parents house growing up did you really did you ever have one of the ones with the pool at the end where it's like you slip you slide you hit the bump and you take a dive (laughs) the crocodile mile Oh, I don't remember us having that. So one. it had like it was. A I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pool. There's a video of me doing it and splashing around in the kiddie pool at the end, and my sister goes, "Get out of the pool, you big fat baby." <laughs> It's so mean. Shannon. <laughs> and my dad, exactly. My dad's filming, much like a National Geographic producer. You were spotted in the wild? He would He would be respectful of, of our natural yeah. playtime, but he would go, be nice, Shannon. <laughs> and then our neighbor was there, and she was playing, and she was trying to cut my sister in line. And she goes, it's not your turn, Tina Butthole Patterson. <laughs> Butthole was not Tina's middle name, by the way. <laughs> Butthole is one of my favorite thing to call it's just people funny. to this day. It is such a funny thing, but it's also so specific. Like calling someone, being like they're being a real asshole. Okay, but if you're like they're being a real butthole, you immediately know what they're being exactly. like. Immediately, it's such well, a great word. Shana wasn't wrong. Tina Butthole Patterson at the time was being a butthole. I just thought it was so clever for like an eight year old to use a middle name. Yeah, insult. She, she was big fat baby ahead of her time. Big fat baby is also a lasted with me my whole life. Aww. but no, it's it's very funny because it just doesn't phase me as a kid. You big fat baby. Did you cry? No, I just got out of the pool. I did what I was told. Nice. <laughs> Have you seen Peppa Pig? A little bit. She's a British pig. I fucking hate this cartoon. Do you really? Yeah. She, isn't she just a British She's pig? She's a British pig. I thought you'd like her. She's a pig. I did too, but no? I don't. The animation is weird. 
The animation is weird. Their accents are just kind of obnoxious, not because they're British. We love our British listeners. It's just, I don't know. And it's just like not funny. I, I, My I sister's know. kid watches um, Peg Plus oh, Cat. Oh, Peg Plus Cat is the shit. Yeah. Best show on PBS. And Nature Cat. She likes Nature Cat. Nature Cat's good. Nature Cat has Dinosaur the cast train of is SNL good. on Nature Cat. It's oh, Kate, really? It's Kate McKinnon, Keenan Thompson. Oh, nice. Yeah. Peg Plus Cat is Ella's favorite. We watch it every day, and it's very good. I have cried several times during that cartoon. <laughs> of course Most you recently, even today. What's the episode about? They go to a planet where the aliens speak sign language. Okay. And so they learn how to speak sign language. But there's this really beautiful song they sing about how people communicate differently and learn to... It's, you're tearing up. I'm just, it's really good. And the singing is so good on it. That's, that show's great. It's, it's, it's really good. Well, YouTuber Shane Andrews, this You're guy. welcome. I watched this video for you guys. Ugh. Who runs the channel Repzilla, which aims to, quote, expose the truth and uncover the Internet's greatest mysteries, said he decided to play in order to understand the dangers of the game and educate others. Andrews claimed he was sent disturbing video images and text messages and that extremely personal things were revealed about him that would be impossible to know. In fact, Andrews said the information he was sent was so disturbing that he couldn't even show it on his channel. And there again was the problem. No one could seem to produce any definitive proof that the Momo challenge was real. Yeah, so I'm watching this, and it's promising at the beginning because he says, oh, I did the Momo challenge. I sent him a text message, and you guys, it was so scary, but I'm not going to show you. (laughs) Okay, clickbait. I feel as if his heart is in the right place. He seems like a guy that's really... Trying to educate people. Yes. I also think this he was full of shit on this one. Well, it's like, just produce something redacted. That's fine. Sure. Blur or it describe it. Or describe it and say, they sent me a picture of a man with a potato up his ass. <laughs> just something. <laughs> yeah. That's the... Po- the nah, po-po challenge. I was trying to think of how to do it. The <laughs> po-po challenge? Yeah. <laughs> but if Momo wasn't real, why were all these kids claiming it was? According to psychiatrist Dr. Akal Baguette, people join narratives to explain their experiences. That is possibly why some children have said they participated in the rumored challenge despite there being no proof of its existence, which is very interesting from a psychological standpoint. Well, it's kind of like the Mothman. Where yes, once, or Slenderman. Yeah, once somebody said they saw the Mothman, then suddenly everyone's seen the Mothman. And perhaps they feel as if they really have. Yeah. Or maybe they're just doing it to fit in. Or like how you feel when you do Bloody Mary or the Ouija board or mm-hmm. something and you say, oh, well, I felt it move. Didn't you feel it move? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I did. People are people lie to fit in. We have yes. an evolutionary need to fit in because way, way back in the day, if you weren't part of the group, you were hanging out, out by yourself and you were more likely to get picked off by a lion. Yep. You know, you have this innate sense that you want to be part of a group, not necessarily a, the main group, but just a group of people with a shared experience. Sure. Absolutely. Well, many people believe that the Momo Challenge is just an urban legend perpetuated by the media and fearful parents concerned about the content their children are consuming. It is simply an overblown Internet hoax turned global phenomenon, not because of the victims it has supposedly claimed, but because of worried adults trying to protect children from something that doesn't even exist. Well, and it's hard because I think 
as we've seen with Abducted in Plain Sight or more recently, Leaving Neverland, mm-hmm. which I watched like in one day. Well, two days. I over still the- haven't seen it. Oh, my gosh. But the thing that's the biggest threat, I think, to your kids is something that's around you. Yes. But they do talk about in Leaving Neverland and in Abducted in Plain Sight that the parents didn't want to believe that. And that the thing they worried no. about is the boogeyman, the scary, the other, something that's they couldn't conceive of someone that loves them or that they trust harming their child. So you try to place that anxiety and fear of wanting to keep your child safe. You place it into something that can seem like a monster. And that you can have control over. Correct. Because you turn the computer off. Exactly. Well, according to experts, there is no evidence any child has committed suicide as a result of the Momo Challenge. YouTube still hasn't seen any evidence of the supposed videos and has demonetized content that features the Momo image. There are lots of Momo Challenge videos, but they're almost all, there's just news stories about it. Yes, absolutely. Or it's YouTubers. I've looked long and hard for something that was actually sent to someone, I can't, I couldn't find anything. If you are listening and you have a, know a person or have heard of a person or seen on YouTube or online or anything, actual definitive evidence of the Momo Challenge, send it to us. Whoa. We want to break the story. G- trigger warning up top, though. Give us a little bit of a, <laughs> hey, here's what's about to happen if you open this. Give us a heads up. Please give us a heads Especially up. Especially if it's the other side of Momo's boobers. <laughs> I've only, ever seen, I've only ever seen the top part. Yeah. What Are, if it's... Do the chicken um, legs... Chicken. Do the chicken. chicken legs come out of where the nipples go? Ooh. Ooh. I haven't seen that. He never tumped the statue upside down for a photo. No, there's probably good reason. That was for him. God. <laughs> it is more likely that any self-harm associated with the Momo Challenge is the result of cyber bullies or real-life bullies who are using the challenge or game to torment their victims. Children challenging and daring one another to hurt themselves or engage in risky behavior has been around much longer than the Internet. However, technology has elevated the potential damage it can cause. I got bullied in the fourth grade, fifth grade. I'm sorry. Well, it's okay. Well, also in the sixth grade. But in the fifth grade, I distinctly remember I had a crush on a boy and I told who I thought was my friends Mm. that I had a crush on a boy and then they told they wrote me a fake letter from him that said that he liked me poor Heather and was asking me out and had his phone number and then I called it and he didn't know what I was talking about (laughs) it was so embarrassing that makes me want to cry it was so sad Uh, any anything with kids bullying even doing all this research I know that this thing is fake but because kids go through this stuff, and even if it is fake, they still feel the need to maybe participate in these daring things or these self-harm acts to fit in. Imagining Ella going through that stuff. I can't deal with kids bullying. I got bullied. I will I bullied go to jail grade. for kicking the shit out of a fourth grader like, if so- they say, Ella... Your crush told you to call them, and then she calls, and he doesn't know, or she doesn't know what they're but the talking thing is, about. I was like so embarrassed; I didn't tell anybody. Like I didn't yeah. tell my mom. And in sixth grade, I did get bullied so bad that I had to, I like didn't go to school for some time no. because. And my mom did have to go and talk to the teacher and say, "Listen, these did girls, the teacher know what was going oh, on? Oh yeah, and she told she like punished them. And then the ki- the bullies' parents came up and complained at the school because said, they're bullies too. Well, apparently, and Stars came up at home and complained at the school that our teacher shouldn't quote unquote get involved in social things. So oh, I was like, okay. well, your kids are pieces of shit. Also. <laughs> If if they don't, what is it, Lord of the Flies? Just let these kids do whatever they want out on the like, playground? Survival of the fittest. Let them take <laughs> each other out. Well, I promise you, you're more successful than those girls are. 
well, by a landslide. I mean, who's to say, really? <laughs> <laughs> but it does it does make you think as a parent. So now for me as a parent, I would hopefully know what warning signs to look for. But the, the really horrifying thing was, so I was in sixth grade, so that would have been like 1999, 2000. Barely the internet, barely, barely was first coming out. Nowadays, the kids oh, have gosh. the internet in their hand yeah. constantly, and you can get text messages from an infinite number of phone numbers and you can get text messages or instant messages on Facebook, yeah. Instagram, Snapchat. God knows You can what also else. be put on blast by all your friends, quote unquote, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. They can take your photo and Photoshop it over stuff or it's just the or idea. Or you take a photo that you think is going to be sent to just one person mm-hmm. and ladies and men. Don't do stuff like that. Don't Teens, send don't dirty do photos. Stuff like that. The only cute, uh, re- somewhat, it wasn't a naked photo of me, but it was like a sultry photo of me. I sent when I was like 19, and I was like, I hope that circulates because my body was smoking <laughs> at the time. You're like searching, Googling, where is that picture? <laughs> I need some reassurance. <laughs> Well, things like the Momo Challenge stoke parents' fears that they are unable to control or monitor their children's behavior online as kids are increasingly hiding their internet usage via smartphones, specialized apps, and alternate social media accounts. Parents falsely believe that if they can protect their kids from things like the Momo Challenge, they can protect them from all the evils of the internet. I think the truth is that for every one Momo Challenge you hear about, there are 10,000 apps and hashtags and stuff like that. That sounds such like such an old. There's a bunch of apps and hashtags that the kids hide their Instagrams on. But it is. It's there's these new concepts will come out, and by the time we olds learn about it, it's not cool anymore. And they're all, this isn't real, mom and dad. Chill out. When it's moved on to something else. Yeah, exactly. The Momo Challenge is by no means the first viral hoax to create mass hysteria, and it definitely won't be the last. Others, such as the Tide Pods, the Cinnamon Challenge, Snorting Condoms, and even other suicide challenge games like Blue Whale, have plagued the internet for years. While these challenges may be fake, they raise much bigger issues and leave kids at risk of cyberbullying, online shaming, and self-harm and suicidal ideation. I mean, it's true, because even for if one kid ate a Tide Pod. Yeah. I mean, that'll take what you out. What a dumb fucking thing that was. God. It turns out I don't think anybody was eating Tide Pods. I have seen people do the cinnamon challenge, though. What's that one? Where you take a spoonful of cinnamon and your your salivary gland sees up at the taste of the cinnamon, so you can't swallow it. So, so you, you choke on it? Well, you end up just spitting it. Like, you spat it out in a puff of cinnamon. Right. So it's funny. I don't think you can really get injured but from the, that. But the theory or urban legend was you would choke and die? Well, I think it's just like if you win, if you can swallow the cinnamon, you win, but it's impossible to swallow. It's gotcha. like when you— It's like eating four crackers in a minute. Wait, What? That's the thing, too. What? If you try to eat, I think it's four, four saltine crackers in one minute, you can't do it. Really? Mm-hmm. Like, if you kiss your elbow, you turn into the opposite sex? <laughs> well, that's just stupid. I mean, <laughs> the cracker thing you would try to do, I think, and then realize, oh, I can't. I think, again, it's like the cinnamon, like, you can't swallow. It, like, seizes up your salary. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. I don't... The, the kiss in the elbow thing, I don't I remember. I think it was in a children's book. Oh. Like a, a middle grade Did you try book. it? 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> Multiple times. Just to see. Just yeah, to just see. to see. Hey, maybe I also happen. believed if you swung your swing over the top of the swing set that you would turn your skin inside out. Whoa. Because of Penny, which was a Nick Jr. claymation cartoon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. I do remember that. That it was, was kind of It was disturbing. Yeah. Why would you show that to kids? <laughs> Exactly. See, that's Penny, just as Penny, creepy as Momo, and that's on Nickelode- Nickelodeon show. Penny was the gateway for me to Rotten.com and the potato. Whoa. She was your gateway drug. She was. Well, in January 2019, the World Health Organization, or WHO, included gaming disorder in its 11th international classification of diseases, making the first time the organization has listed this disorder as a mental health condition. Is this why I always put all my money in the slot machines in the casino? Because you have a gaming disorder? (laughs) Sounds like it. I think that's a gambling disorder. Oh, my bad, my bad. Symptoms include impaired control over gameplay, prioritizing gaming over other interests, and continuing the behavior even after negative consequences. I mean, by definition, Tommy has gaming disorders. However, many medical professionals do not agree that this is a legitimate disorder. And believe it is just another example of moral panic, a common cultural phenomenon that takes place when a new generation's values come into conflict with the previous generations. Oh, that's a good way to put that. Mm-hmm. Although I will say in my dating life, when talking to a guy, if they say, I just like don't play video games, I don't get it. I'm like, oh, God, that's the hottest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Kiss me on the mouth right now. <laughs> Well, in 2016, more than two dozen doctors and researchers sent an open letter to the WHO. Not the band. (laughs) Although that would be pretty fun if they accidentally misaddressed it to the band. Stating that, quote, the act of formalizing this disorder, even as a proposal, has negative medical, scientific, public health, societal, and human rights fallout that should be considered. In a 2016 study by Common Sense Media, a nonprofit that educates teens and their parents on responsible and safe ways to use the Internet, found that of the teens they surveyed, almost half of them felt as if they were addicted to their phones. These are the real problems, not Momo. Well, I read an article. I think it was in the New Yorker. It may have been the New York Times anyway, but it was a guy that decided to disconnect from his smartphone and he got an online coach, a woman that would tell him, okay, these are the things you need to do to prioritize your work emails or your personal emails that you need to check. But it was a way for him to stop being so like where he would automatically check his phone. Like he said, for instance, when he was in an elevator, he mm-hmm. would found himself automatically pulling mm-hmm. out his phone. Or at a red light. Or at a red light. Any downtime. He went to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. He found that he was not as aware and conscious and present in his everyday life. If he was at a restaurant and he or at Starbucks and you order, the time between ordering and waiting to get your drink, he would pull out mm-hmm. his phone and be reading. I think that's super common. I do it. Yeah. And I have tried to, especially lately, be very cognizant of that because... Ella sees everything I do and soaks it up and she will want my phone all the time. And I don't want her to be addicted to a phone. And, you know, that's the only way she'll calm down and stuff. She's also going to grow up with that kind of technology. So there's only so much shielding you can do. But it also makes me very aware of how much unnecessary time I spend on my phone. Mm -hmm. And just like that. Why do I need to be on my phone right now? Why don't I put it down and look around and at what's attention. going on around me? Yeah. No, it's, it's true. You, we get so locked in to our screens that we kind of 
just forget that there's a whole real world happening around us. On Sunday. That's beautiful. I recommend for everyone to do this. On Sunday, I went to the Dallas Arboretum by myself. Oh, that's great. And except for one time when my phone rang, I left my phone in my pocket the whole time. I took no photos, and I literally just smelled the air and the flowers. I read all the signs. I listened to music. I did have to send a funny text message because the thing happened that was really funny. <laughs> but aside from that, I mostly was completely present. That's great. And I just walked around, and I noticed families and I noticed a mom and her son was rolling down a big hill and how the lake looked and just really tried to soak in. Mm-hmm. And it was very relaxing and calming. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Highly recommend. Highly recommend. It's great. We have a membership to the Arboretum. Oh, man, I need to it's, join. It's it's great. Well, if you I come to Dallas. Guest, so. Say it again. I get a free guest if you, oh, you want to come. Yeah. Yes, if you come to Dallas, go to the Dallas Arboretum. It's Definitely. gorgeous. It's a big, giant flower garden with sculptures and ponds. and Right all next kinds to of White Rock Lake. Beautiful stuff. Well, parents must monitor what their kids are watching. Talk openly with them about being safe and responsible when it comes to using technology and social media. And let their kids know they can come to them if something questionable occurs. I think that's important. So if the Momo Challenge were real, what would be the legal repercussions, if any? True. What is this person, if this Momo, if it's an app or a person, what are they doing wrong? Would it be illegal to use an app or texting to encourage someone to harm or even kill themselves? Recently, a Massachusetts teen, Michelle Carter, was charged with involuntary manslaughter after giving her boyfriend direct instructions to kill himself, including telling him to, quote, get back inside the car. He had filled with carbon monoxide with a specially made device. This, this was whole, such an upsetting case. It's so, so, so sad. It really is. And she re- she encouraged him for days. Fuck her. She's awful. I will go on record. She's terrible. Send send us messages if you want, but fuck her. I, I haven't read a ton into this case because it does just incite so much rage in me. Is her defense... He was unhappy. I was helping him. He wanted to die. I was I was supporting his decision. No, I think that the the defense was she was a messed up teen, too. And she knows not what she did for. She is a messed up teen. And I think that the prosecution's argument, and I think they were right, is that she was desperately in search of attention and wanted to play the grieving girlfriend so bad that she just picked this poor boy who obviously was somewhat he he, He had some mental health problems as well yeah but uh a couple multiple times he thought i'm not gonna do this no and he in the text he says my parents would be so unhappy my parents would be so sad and she says your parent your family will be fine i'll be here to tell them it'll be okay they would want you to not suffer anymore i mean she flat out like psychopath i mean it's it's crazy and her Sitting in that goddamn courtroom, just that smug ass look on her face. Oh man, it's it's tough to watch. It really is, and it's. T- I mean, she. I think they rightfully they rightfully charged her with involuntary manslaughter. Frankly, well, to be charged with involuntary manslaughter, the prosecution had to prove Michelle was quote engaging in a course of wanton or reckless conduct. Michelle was charged with involuntary manslaughter, convicted and sentenced to fifteen years in jail of which 15 months are mandatory before she is paroled. Her case was one of the first of its kind. But would these laws extend to something like the Momo Challenge? Well, that's the question. If you are behaving in a manner, wanton or reckless manner, that could reasonably cause the death of someone else, that's textbook 
involuntary manslaughter. So convincing someone to kill themselves and encouraging that is involuntary manslaughter. And this case was so, the Michelle Carter case was so egregious and there was so much evidence. I think that's why they were able to secure a conviction. Where I think that the law is shadier and, and more questionable is if, say someone, have you ever had uh, interactions with Smart Child on AOL Instant Messenger or there's bots on Twitter that you can text and it's automated responses that have been pre-coded into a, a, a program that responds basically it reads what you say and it and it auto responds and facebook messenger has this paypal will respond to you on facebook messenger mm-hmm. so my question would be if you this is a very black mirror-ish scenario mm-hmm. but if you are a programmer and you code a computer program to, to encourage someone increasingly more dangerous behaviors to engage in more dangerous behaviors would that then be this reckless conduct that you would be reckless in the in not considering the ramifications of your programming? That would be my question. Because, I would think so. I mean, you think so. But it's I was at South by Southwest last year and I sat through a panel on how they can take the it's called the Roman app. This girl had a best friend named Roman and he died prematurely. And she was able to take all of his emails, all of his Facebook chats all of his text messaging, put it into a program, and she made a Roman bot so she could text. Oh, this is a Black Mirror episode. She could. This happened in real life. No, I know, but I'm saying this is also that was a where Black it was Mirror. A, it's her husband, right, I think? Yeah, he's killed in a car accident. And it's so, called Be Right Back. I think about it weekly. Oh, my God. I'm serious. It, <laughs> it is, really? Yes, it's it's very... But it's so funny. It an impression. If you think about the interactions we have, you and I interact in person at least once a week, multiple times a week sometimes. However, all day, every day, we text each other. Mm-hmm. And there's such a backlog of our texting. Mm-hmm. I bet you you could put us into a predictive. I text so much all day. Man, we're that's going to be a fucked up bot. <laughs> we, talk, we talk about a lot of weird stuff. Serial killers. <laughs> that's true. A lot of real weird stuff. But yeah, you. I wonder if that if you coded something that would increasingly it would challenge people to do increasingly dangerous things. If you, as the programmer, I would say arguably you could be charged with something like involuntary manslaughter or something like that. That would, based on the the results, based on if if that someone harmed themselves. Well, we'll get to a case like that. Yeah. In just a second, another case in Minnesota in 2011. A nurse was found guilty of assisting suicide by encouraging people to live stream their hangings. While assisted suicide is illegal in Minnesota, the Minnesota Supreme Court overturned his conviction, finding that outlawing verbal encouragement of suicide violated the First Amendment. The law actually prohibited assisting, advising, or encouraging. And so assisting would be is that that was uh, something that you could accurately say, well, you handed someone, uh, you helped them take the medicine or you helped them. And that's legal. Correct. But the court struck down the prohibition on advising or encouraging because they were too broad because advising or encouraging, like if you say, oh, go kill yourself, loser, then is that advising someone that they should go kill themselves? But also in an assisted suicide, I imagine there's some advising going on in 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 a the proper way yeah from someone that is an, a nurse or something that is helping with assisted suicide they're going to advise you on 
what to expect or is this right for you and things of that nature. Yeah. And and in this case, since Minnesota decriminalized suicide, then question is, whenever you have a statute and a court and you're challenging your conviction under a statute and it's something like the First Amendment, they check and see if there's an exception. So in this case, the prosecution first tried to say, oh, it's a crime exception because he's obviously assisting in a crime. But since Minnesota decriminalized suicide, it doesn't fall under that. So if it's not under an exception, then they have to investigate it under the frame of strict scrutiny. The law that is regulating the content of your speech has to serve a compelling government interest and that it's narrowly drawn to serve that interest. So there is a compelling government interest against having people kill themselves or, you know, not break the law. But the question is, is the the phraseology advising or encouraging narrow enough to prevent what the government is trying to stop, which is people offing themselves. So that's why they struck down that the statute was overly broad because you can't, it's hard to regulate what advising or encouraging. Say you went to the pharmacy at CVS and said, hey man, uh, tell me about these sleeping pills. And they said, oh yeah, well you take one a day to help you sleep. Well, what if I took the whole bottle? Oh, that'd be bad. You, you probably wouldn't live. Okay, thanks. Well, did you just advise someone? Right. So that's that's where they came down on that. So they charged him, initially they charged him with the advising or encouraging, which that's the part of the law that was unconstitutional. It was constitutional to charge him with assisting suicide. So even though it's, no longer illegal to it's not assisted suicide is still illegal in Minnesota. Suicide is not illegal, which doesn't make sense, because how do you charge a person that's done that? Because they decriminalized suicide itself, which never made sense to me as a kid, I would always be like, it's illegal to kill yourself. And mom's like, yeah, I'm like, well, but what? how do you get caught? Right. You can't really get in trouble for it. But that doesn't mean it's not illegal still. In 2016, another internet suicide game called the Blue Whale Challenge made headlines when a Russian newspaper reported that a group known as F57 on the Russian VK social network had caused 130 teens to commit suicide. The newspaper was later criticized for inciting moral panic after it was determined none of the suicides were confirmed to be a part of the challenge. No, I've seen pictures on the internet, but they may have been photoshopped of, like, people carving a whale. I think they're real. You think so? Who's to say what's real online? Like Momo, Blue Whale was supposedly accessed via various social media platforms and was described as a challenge-based game between a participant and an administrator. Over the course of 50 days, the player would be assigned one task per day that they would have to complete. In the beginning, they would be something fairly simple, such as get up at 4.30 a.m. and watch a scary movie. The task would eventually escalate into self-harm, and then, on day 50, suicide. I just don't understand why you would follow anyone's instructions ever as a teenager. I sure as hell didn't. I Because I think they're all lost and vulnerable and looking for answers. These are all... So there were all these groups... These F57, and they were essentially kind of like chat rooms that a bunch of these teenage girls belonged to. And it all stemmed from a 15-year-old Russian girl committing suicide, that this was a real thing that happened. It's been proven. And she posted she was a member of this group. Okay. And then she kind of became idolized amongst them. And everyone posted all about her and this is kind of how the blue whale thing started to morph out of it so it was a bunch of girls who and there were probably guys in there too who were all depressed possibly suffering from mental health problems and 
kind of supporting each other in these types of endeavors. So yes, they were so car- pre- they were carving things into their arms and stuff you're like that. You're predisposed to do something like this and then you find other like minded individuals who rather than discouraging the behavior in And I think you're a depressed, lonely, suicidal teen and That's tough. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Well eventually, twenty one year old Philip Budikin confessed to creating the game and was charged with coaxing 16 teenage girls into killing themselves. However, authorities soon learned that Budokan wasn't the evil mastermind they once thought. Rather, he was an aspiring musician using the online forum as a way to promote his music. He would post shocking content in the group, and once people would follow him, he would spam them with music promotions. Once again, it appeared that this so-called suicide challenge didn't even exist, but was another case of widespread internet panic, and the charges against Budikin were dropped. This is like when you're walking on the street and someone shoves their mixtape in your Exactly. Hand. That yeah. happened to me all, Walmart? all the time in Chicago. Tommy bought one for a dollar not too long ago. <laughs> it's some Christian rap, and for a while, every time I got in the car, it would start playing, and I would just laugh. <laughs> but, so, even... Though this blue well challenge wasn't real, the fact that teenage girls were killing themselves, hurting themselves, yeah, was very real. Yeah. So the the problem isn't the challenge. The problem is what these girls are going through, and that True. they're not getting the proper treatment and help. Um, and that's what it seems like. And it seems like that the media wants to find an easy thing to blame yes. and say, it's a bird lady, it's a blue whale. Exactly. When it's really lack of mental health support yes. services in our country like, and others. Exactly. And not taking teenagers seriously mm-hmm. when they say that they're depressed or they have issues. Like, you'll get over it. You're just hormonal. It's a phase. No, it's not a phase. Sometimes it's real, it's real stuff. And they need validation and support. And they need, and they need to help. know that it's not an embarrassing thing. Like, I remember... Being younger and people would say, oh, that girl, she's in therapy. Like it was yeah. something bad. And now when I hear someone's in therapy, I'm like, oh, man, good for you. you I you. think therapy should be something like, like going. Absolutely. And also you go to a regular doctor for checkups. And if you're feeling sick, you go to the dentist. Women go to gynecologists like you go, do everything else. Maintenance. maintenance on your body to keep it, but you don't do maintenance on your brain. That's how I was told my cervix was gorgeous. Oh. One of my... <laughs> what a compliment. I highly recommend my gynecologist. She's very polite. You, she said, you have a gorgeous cervix. She said, it's gorgeous, looks great. And I was like, oh my gosh, thank you. No one's ever told me that before, but thank it's you. It's got a little pearl necklace and a little, little hat on down it's there. It's a society woman. No, but you're right. I think you're. we take our health seriously, or should, if we're able to, if we're fortunate enough to have insurance to do yeah. that, and our, you know, go get, like you said, go to the dentist, et cetera. So it stands to reason that... We should also have support because I think a lot of other medical issues will stem from that, too, from the mental health. Part. Absolutely. And to your point of if we're lucky enough to be able to do that because of insurance, mental health help should not be something where it's, for it's not wealthy. a privilege. No. It's a necessity. Yes. And regardless, if you are a millionaire or homeless, you should have the same rights to that type of and care access. and treatment. Absolutely. Mental health does not discriminate. No. I've... Unlike people. It can depression, anxiety, any of that can affect anyone, no matter how successful you are. You can have so much money and all the power in in the world, and that's not going to solve. Sometimes what's that going makes on. it worse. You know, makes it worse. But I think everyone should have 
total rights and access to it. And if you disagree, you're wrong. <laughs> I, I agree with that. <laughs> well, in late February, the Internet actually tried to do something good and created a new Momo meme with positive messages such as eat healthy, get exercise, and you are loved. It's still creepy, though, because it's still her it's picture. And face. it's just you are loved over her face. She's like, Which I don't want that thing telling me I'm loved. Let me hug you with my talents. <laughs> no. The pink whale challenge also now exists where participants are asked to complete 50 healthy tasks that promote positive well-being. Oh, I like that. Mm -hmm. Also, it makes me think, oh, no, that's elephants, the pink elephants on. Isn't that in Winnie the Pooh? They have little pink elephants that he he imagines them. I remember that from Fantasia. Oh, maybe it's from Fantasia. That thing scared me, though. (laughs) Fantasia's fucked. Fantasia's fucked. (laughs) The most positive thing that can come from these situations is a more open dialogue especially with children and teens, about mental health and suicide. These so-called challenges are just a simplistic explanation for a much more complex problem that must be addressed. If you or anyone you know is having thoughts of suicide, please, please, please reach out to someone for help. The National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is available 24 hours a day and can be reached at 1-800-273-8255. I know it doesn't feel like it probably when you're in that that mindset, but there always is somebody that cares mm-hmm. and will listen. And whether it's somebody at that hotline or somebody that, you know, you sit next to in class or your family member or relative or something. And if you think you have no one, you're wrong because we care. Hey. So what do we think? I think that it is, like you said, a very convenient way for the media and for Mm -hmm. people to offload the responsibility of we need to be taking better care of our teens and kids to a wacky challenge on the Internet. Yes. Parents don't want to have that difficult conversation with their kids. So they think, well, my relationship with them couldn't possibly be the problem. It's this bird lady that's (laughs) telling them to do bad things to themselves. Keep them from the bird lady and then they'll be safe. No, it's true. I think so. And it's if we want to know what happened to Momo. Oh, yes. The sculptor destroyed it because it was made of essential oils and resin and he had to throw it out, quote unquote, because it was getting rotten. He did keep one single eyeball. And he said he's going to use that to put it into a new sculpture, but that he wanted all kids to know that the curse has been lifted and that Momo is now dead. She is dead. She's in the trash can. We will post a picture on our Instagram of him holding up her rubber (laughs) face. It looks like a South Park character. It's hilarious. Or something out of Nightmare Before Christmas. It does, yeah. So if you, like me, are very afraid of Momo, you need to see this picture of him holding up her face. They also showed a picture of a friend of his who put the mask on their face. Oh, wacky. Now he's Momo. Apparently. We have some upcoming live shows. The Cult is playing March 16th at 7.30 or March 23rd at 10.30. Also, if you want to see us record Sinisterhood live, head out March 28th at 7 p.m. We'll have a Q&A after the show and a meet and greet at the Deep LM Art Company as a part of the Dallas Comedy Festival. We also have another live show on March 30th, but it is sold out. It sold out the first day tickets were released, so thank you guys so much for that. We also have a cult show at the Dallas Comedy Festival, 9 p.m., so if you can't make the Thursday show or the Saturday show is sold out, you can come and see us on Saturday, March 30th at 9 p.m. with the cult. And all of those cult shows are at Dallas Comedy House in Deep Ellum. And the ticket links are on our website, (laughs) sinisterhood.com forward slash live. 
We also have our Patreon. If you want to support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash sinisterhood and you can pledge a dollar, five dollars, ten dollars, whatever you like. You'll get a cool sticker, uh, access to the Facebook page, etc. for the five dollar and up. And we just genuinely appreciate any support that can help offset the cost of making the show. And as part of that, you get a shout out and we have our first set of shout outs. First, we have Sarah Bernardo, Ashley Sapinski, Catherine Cole, Karen Parker, Elena, Hannah, Andrew Peterson, Shell, Caitlin Austin, Tommy Brown. <laughs> yes, thank you, Tommy Brown. Sarah King, Pamela Ann, Heather Buchain, Linda Ledwell, Elena Reyes, Sarah Robertson, Abby Allison, and Stacy Casimir. Thank you so much for everybody that has donated to the Patreon. And also, uh, if you want to get another shout out, you can subscribe us on a friend's phone. <laughs> Let us know that you've spread the word. <laughs> like our friend Brian. Brian Harrington. Or witness to a bunch of people at South by Southwest on the shuttle when they're talking about podcasts like my friend Melanie did. Thank you, she Melanie. She told them all about Sinisterhood. So thank you so much for spreading the word, you guys. Well, the best thing you can do to help us grow is like, review, and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast. And tell a friend who you think would like us to check us out, or a bus full of people. <laughs> it means so much to us and really helps small podcasts like us get more exposure. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at SinisterhoodPod and like us on Facebook at Sinisterhood. Christy, where are you at on the internets? I am on Twitter at Christy or GTFO and Instagram at Christy M. Wallace. Heather? Uh, you can find all my hottest selfies at on Instagram <laughs> at Heather vs the World, and all my hot takes on just stupid things. I think at MCK versus the World on Twitter. As always, the devil rules the airwaves. Keep it creepy. So-